Heaven is rewarding. You know, we like rewards, don't we? We like the concept of rewards. We like the idea of rewards. Matthew 5, verse number 11. Again, Jesus speaking here, he says, Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward, where? In heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. It's difficult to take persecution, isn't it? It's unpleasant. Again, like we said earlier, it's discouraging. But Jesus says here, great is your reward in heaven when you endure those things for my sake. Jesus assures us that we'll receive a crown of life in heaven if we remain faithful. Revelation 2 and verse number 10. So heaven is rewarding. The next point in our lesson tonight, heaven is for the redeemed. Heaven is for... The redeemed. Let's think for a moment about this word redeemed. It's not a word that we oftentimes use in our modern speech, is it? You know, I'm, I, I consider myself to be frugal. Some people would call it cheap, but I like to re- refer to myself as frugal. It sounds better. We oftentimes redeem coupons, don't we? Well, that's not necessarily the concept that we want to talk about in context of heaven. But it means to be bought back. To buy back. Jesus bought us back. Jesus redeemed us. Let's look at Revelation chapter 1. Revelation 1. Revelation 1 and verse number 5. Again, John, the inspired writer here. He says, And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. That's how he redeemed us, isn't it? How about Revelation 5 and verse number 9? Again, we used this one earlier about singing. Verse number 9 says, And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe, nation, and tongue. We are a ransomed people. What does that mean? Sin had us held us captive, didn't it? We were lost in sin. And if we stay in that state, we'll stay lost. But because of the blood of Christ and the gospel message, we can be ransomed people. Revelation 7 and verse number 14 indicates there that we are the ones having washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. The ones who were inhabiting heaven in John's picture there were those who had been washed 
had washed their robes and their white from the blood of the Lamb. The idea of being bought back, as we said earlier, bought back from sin. We were slaves to sin. Turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 6. Paul has something to say about this to the Christians in Rome. Romans chapter 6. You know, people in the world today, they don't recognize that they are slaves to sin, do they? And that by that, because they are unable to recognize that, they're not, they have no desire to do anything different about that. But we know from Scripture that, that we can become slaves to sin. Romans 6, verse 17, beginning. Paul there says, But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. Verse 20, For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end, the everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So he's, he's comparing and contrasting two, two states, two situations here. Slaves to sin or slaves to God. And he's writing to Christians who were once slaves to sin. We, as, we, before we became Christians, were slaves to sin, weren't we? We did what we wanted to do. We did what the world wanted us to do. We weren't following God. But when we learned God's will for our lives, we obeyed it. We became slaves to God. We're living trying to do everything God wants us to do. And that's a much better place to be. Christ has paid the price to buy us back from sin. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1 again. We read it, part of it earlier. I want to drop down and look at verse 18. 1 Peter 1.18. Under the concept that we have been bought back from sin by Christ. First Peter 1, verse 18. He says, Knowing that you were not redeemed, there's that word again, redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. So again, we have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. When we're obedient to His Word, we have been redeemed. The Bible also speaks of those who will not be in heaven. Look again there at Revelation chapter 21. Revelation 21. Again, John the writer here says, But the cowardly unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Those are the people that will not be in heaven. Same chapter, verse number 27. 
Revelation 21, 27. There shall by no means enter it, talking about heaven, anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the book, or excuse me, the Lamb's book of life. The redeemed will be in heaven. Those who have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I would submit for our thinking that means that those who haven't been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb will not be there. That's a sad concept to contemplate, isn't it? You know, we oftentimes say that the blood of Christ flowed backwards and forwards. Many people are confused over that, but basically it means that the blood of Christ flowed backwards to those who died, lived and died before Christ came into to this world. Those who were obedient to God's Word were covered by the blood of the Lamb. Whatever time period they lived in, if they were obedient to God's Word, whatever that Word was at the time when they lived, it was looking forward to the time Jesus would shed His blood on Calvary. So the blood of Christ flows backwards to cover those people from their sins, to redeem them, and also flows forward from the cross forward. We live on this side of the cross, so Christ's blood that was shed on Calvary redeems us as well. The key to all that, Old Testament, New Testament, is obedience to God's Word. No one will be redeemed without being obedient to God's Word. No one will be in heaven without rendering obedience to God's Word. Only those redeemed by the blood of the Lamb will inhabit heaven. So heaven is real, it's reachable, it's remarkable, it's rewarding, it's for the redeemed. Point number six, heaven is rich. Heaven is rich. Again, keep you've got your fingers there, your Bible turned there in Revelation 21. Look at verse 21. Revelation 21, 21. And this is just an example, really, of some of the riches that John tries to give us, or the Holy Spirit through John tries to give us of the richness of heaven. He says the twelve gates were twelve pearls, Each individual gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. Now, if you're a student of Revelation, you know that many of these things are not literal. They are written here for us to try to, for our human minds to grasp, to grasp the beauty, the magnificence, the remarkable nature of heaven. I don't have any idea that if There'll be a gate, 12 gates made out of one pearl. I don't know. But I do know that it's going to be beautiful beyond comparison, beautiful beyond comprehension. God has made it, and everything that God has ever done, ever will do, is perfect. So it's going to be just that. The Holy Spirit attempts to demonstrate to us the richness of heaven in terms that we can understand. However, I do not believe our human minds can fully comprehend the vast richness of heaven. Through the eye of faith, we have to believe that nothing on earth compares to the glory of the eternal home God has prepared for us. Heaven is rich. Point number seven tonight in our lesson, heaven is remaining. Turn your Bibles there to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews 13. Heaven is remaining. 
Hebrews 13, verse number 14. The Hebrew writer says, For here we have no continuing city, but we seek the one to come. We talked about this morning, Brother Bill's lesson about Abraham. Talked about how Abraham sought a city whose builder and maker was God. God never intended for this earth to last forever. He never intended man to be a physical being forever. You know, as we age, we run down. The earth, as it ages, runs down. Honest science will show that that's the case. Oftentimes, the physical evidence of the earth running down is microscopic, but it is happening because that's the way God designed it to be. While we're here in the physical, we don't seek the physical. We seek the eternal existence that is to come because heaven is remaining. Heaven is real. Heaven is reachable. Heaven is remarkable. Heaven is rewarding. It's for the redeemed. It's rich and it's remaining. I hope this lesson has been positive to you tonight. Like we said earlier, in a world that beats us down, a world that wonders why we live differently, wonders why and is critical of our way of living, we have, the, we have the hope, we have the goal, we have the promise of heaven, a wonderful place to consider. You've heard it said, and we made mention of it tonight, in Jesus' words there in John 14, heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. We have to prepare in order to go there. God has provided it for us, but we have to prepare ourselves to be there and to spend eternity there. Continuing there in John 14, we've read through verse 3. Verse 4, Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me or by me. That's how we get to heaven. Jesus is the conduit by which we get to heaven. Now is the time to prepare. Heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. Now is the time for us to prepare. You know, in one of Jesus' interchanges there with His disciples, He said, this is recorded in John chapter 9, verse 4, work before the night comes, because when the night comes, no man can work. Now is the time that we prepare to spend eternity in heaven. We live our lives in accordance with God's Word, having obeyed what God's Word is in context of being redeemed, being in contact with Christ's blood to be redeemed, to be in His church. Jesus said, if you believe that I am He, you don't have to die in your sins. Jesus said, except you repent, you will perish. That's for eternity. Jesus said, if you if you." will not confess me before men, I will not confess you before my Father in heaven. If you will confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. Jesus said, He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. The process of baptism is where we, we meet the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ that redeems us, that buys us back, that washes away our sins. Rising to walk in newness of life. We can be assured of the home in heaven. If we do those things and live in a faithful and live and die in a faithful state, 
heaven will be our home for eternity. All the richness that we talk about, contemplate, look forward to can be ours. Tonight, if you're here, having not done those things, lovingly and honestly, I have to tell you, your home is not prepared. But you have time and opportunity while you're yet alive to take care of that. Doing those things that put you in the right state, put you in God's church. Could be in times past you've done those things, but you've wandered away. You've let the world creep back into your life and take hold. You've stopped being a slave to God, but you've become, again, a slave to sin. God doesn't leave us alone in that state. He still loves us, cares for us, still makes provision for us. If we're willing to change our mind, our lives about those things, ask God to forgive us. He's faithful and just to do exactly that. Restoring us again to that redeemed state. Setting our feet back on the path to an eternity in heaven. Tonight, if you're here, if you're subject to the Lord's invitation, would you come as we stand, as we sing? There is a gate that stands ajar, and through its portals gleaming, a radiance from the cross afar, the Savior's love revealing. Yes, in the blood of Christ I see the gate that stands ajar for me, for me, for me. That stands ajar for me, that gate ajar stands free for all who seek through it salvation. The rich and poor, the great and small, of every tribe and nation, yes, in the blood of Christ I see the gate that stands ajar for For me, for me, that stands the door for me. Press onward then, O foes may frown, while mercy's gate is open. Accept the cross and win the crown, love's everlasting token. Yes, in the blood of Christ I see the gate that stands ajar for me. For me, for me. That stands a door for me. Be seated, please. Brother Charles, thank you for that lesson. I want to ask you a question from the old Negro spiritual. Don't you want to go to that land? We've heard something tonight to encourage us and inspire us in that regard. Thank you, Brother, Brother Charles, for a wonderful lesson. These announcements before we dismiss tonight, remember Sister Barbara Barclays in Memorial Hickson, room number 332. Keep her in your prayers, as well as the others on our second prayer list. We're glad that Brother Heath was able to be with us this morning here praying for his surgery. Remember that the uh, church Christmas dinner will be here on Friday, December the 15th at 6 p.m. We need to let Dawn know the meat choice, the information on the foyer, our meat choice, and give her your money by next Sunday, December the 10th. The bus trip uh, for, for the December the 9th, the information's on the 
bulletin board, be sure and sign up for that. And our men's devotional is tomorrow night here at the church building at 6 p.m. Are there other updates that we're not aware of?